Creatives are emerging from Africa, embracing their true identity and giving a voice to the otherwise marginalized, reshaping their narrative and chanting a new course for others to follow. We sit down with these creatives and discover who they are, what's driving them to create, and how it's making a change. This is The Creative Huddle. Tina Makone is a Zimbabwean digital artist and co-founder of Zimbabwe's leading digital arts and new media convention, Comexposed. Let's find out how he grew into this space and what drives him to create his own African characters and narratives. So, Tina, yes, thanks sir. for joining me today on uh, Creative Huddle Podcast. Good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you finally on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a, a minute. I was supposed to come <laughs> ages ago. You were supposed to be the first interview, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you, you dished me. Not quite. I yes, mean, it was more like, you know, allowing those to go before me to have a fair shake for the good stuff came out. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair enough. No, fair no, enough. I just miss him. <laughs> but yeah, hey, she, it's, it's hectic. Shazim is just hectic. Finding a moment to do anything and everybody's always doing like 50,000 different things. So yeah. yeah, it's always crazy. Awesome. Yeah. How would you describe yourself? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Now I feel like I should have asked for these questions in advance. Hey, don't <laughs> worry, the man. First one. So. <laughs> like, yeah, you get into your math exam, first question is, what's Pythagoras' is the rectangular theorem of division? And you're like, exactly. oh, Mando. snap. <laughs> um, uh, easygoing, enigmatic, focused, stubborn, um, and... Uh, Whimsical, yeah, a little whimsical. That's okay, these are big myself. words, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Too many comic books. I read ah, a lot of big I words. I see, I see. Okay. Uh, so, uh, break down what whimsical is like. What, what is that? What is that um, mean? Whimsical, I guess the people who've worked with me would most understand what that is. Yeah. It's, I don't like seriousness. All right. I like things to be serious as mm-hmm. an intentional, mm-hmm. but... I don't like to spend the whole day in a serious mood. I like weird, silly, nonsensical things happening constantly yeah. and as consistently as possible. So, so silly. We can mm. just say silly. I like silly humor yeah. around me. Don't take life too seriously, but be very serious about life. Okay. That's what. So, has that always been your character, like from growing up as a kid? Um, yeah, I guess that became my character mostly in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I guess every kid was silly. True. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, somewhere in high school, I decided that I wanted to do what I do. And to do what I do, being silly and enjoying humor yeah. is just a fundamental part of it. Right. So, so yeah. And then after a while, I guess I met too many weird people and they all rubbed <laughs> off on me. Somewhere along the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, how would you, how would you describe your childhood, you say? My childhood was good, relatively speaking. Um, I wasn't in a war zone. I, yeah. <laughs> war zone? No. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. You can't mm-hmm. be too serious. Yeah. Look, I, yeah. Hey, my, my, I will say that my childhood was blessed. My parents did their best to give me and my sisters more than they ever had. Right. And I would say that they succeeded uh, several times over. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't want for much, and I was allowed to explore my creativity and just have fun with life as well. But, so I would say it was good, not without 
pitfalls, not without issues, not without problems. Yeah. But it was a fun childhood, and I grew up watching a lot of cartoons and forcing my sisters to share in that passion, which yeah. was great. <laughs> and uh, they, they will agree with this, and if they don't, they will agree with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so... I would say childhood. Childhood was pretty good. I, I would repeat it and do it again the same way. Mm. Yeah. So would you say the um, the freedom that you got or the opportunities that you got from your childhood led you to the career that you're in right now? I would say they gave me the hope for the career that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Even with all those freedoms, what I chose to do was so bizarre right. that I still had to spend... I would safely say 12 years convincing my parents. Mm. If it wasn't for me being in art yeah. and doing good at art since like grade five mm -hmm. and insisting all the way through to form six, right. I wouldn't have been able to pursue this career. It was just like, look, that's what he does. Uh -huh. Let's do it. Uh, they may as well have sent me to be anything else, an architect, a doctor, <laughs> a police sergeant. I don't know. Right. But it, it was... It, the life I grew up allowed me to at least consider it. Okay. It allowed me to at least think about it. Yeah. So is there a point in your life uh, you can pinpoint that you would say led you on a path of doing animation and not, not just liking it, but then actually doing it and considering it as something that you'd love to do in the future? Whew. I think the thing that made me... All right, I can always pinpoint. That's a good question. I'm not usually asked that one. I'm usually asked kind of um, when did I decide to do it? But yeah. this is a question of what maybe sparked yeah. the decision. Yeah. So the dis when I decided was grade seven. Mm -hmm. But what sparked it, I think was, I, I don't know if you remember, maybe the audience also remembers, back in the day there was a thing such as video stores. Right? Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Long before Netflix. Oh, yeah. Long before oh, yeah. CDs even, guys. Type of <laughs> yeah. right. You go get your tapes. Yeah. And you could go rent like two or three or four tapes depending on what your, uh, what your account would allow. Right. So we would rent a lot of videos and I watched a lot of Disney movies. I watched nearly mm -hmm. every single one of them, except the old, old ones, because I wasn't old enough at the time. Right. I started around the Lady and the Tramp kind of era, the Rescue Rangers, um, and uh, Pinocchio. Uh -huh. I started around that <laughs> yeah. era, so I didn't really watch Cinderella and all that. Mm -hmm. And those movies captivated me. I like. I got lost. Yeah. I would completely enter that world. Yeah. And somewhere along those lines, I started imagining my own world in the way that I saw it on those, in those films. Mm. And I think that's what began the bug. Yeah. That's what started me doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to just do more of that or, or see more of that. I didn't think of it as a career. I just wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it that, because you just mentioned that uh, you wanted to see yourself in that world. What Was there a particular film or a particular scene that made you think, hey, I can exist as a comic artist or I can exist as a character in this particular world? Was there something that happened? Um, I think it was, it must have been um, Rescue, ooh, ooh, wow, sorry, I'm remembering. Right, I, I'm good. actually remembering. That's good. <laughs> sure, that's so weird. Um, rescue is Down Under. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know that one. Yeah, that one was, it, it came after Flurry. It wasn't even done by Disney. Okay. It was another company that was competing. I only really realized that last year. But anyway, right. <laughs> Rescue is Down Under. There was something about the journey those characters took and how involved I got into it mm. that made me just say, I love this. As in, I love this feeling. I love this emotion. I love this enjoyment. I love how captivated I am with this. Yeah. And I think that, watching those two, it was a story of two, uh, I think it was two, to like mice, like oh, sort of like Chip and Dale, Avon and the Chipmunks or whatever, yeah, yeah. sort of like them uh, going on this fantastic journey. So I saw myself as the character because as, mm -hmm. as my life journey as well, mm -hmm. um, as you should do as you're yeah. watching a film. Yeah. I saw myself as the character, but then beyond that, I just admired the artistry. Right. I admired how beautiful the pictures were. Yeah, yeah. So after watching that, mm -hmm. I went on to try and draw a lot of that. With not just that, but all the cartoons I was watching, I would then try to draw the same thing. And that's what drove, I did not know it was a career. Mm -hmm. I did not even think of it as a career. I just that's thought good. cartoons exist, full stop. Yeah. And I want more cartoons. Yeah. And yeah. And you thought you can draw the cartoons well, yourself? Well. Or you're I, just basically mimicking? I was mimicking. Yeah. I was just mimicking. At yeah. that time, I didn't have an audience. I didn't have anyone to tell me what I was doing. Was And, and cartoons only started at yeah. 3 p.m. So yeah. the rest of the day, what you're doing. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you got to yeah, mimic that till death. And yeah. I was always an indoors kind of kid. So mm. mimicking became just what I enjoyed doing. I, yeah. had, I had fun doing it. Mm. And at what yeah. point did you start creating your own characters? I created my first character in uh, grade six, I believe. He was inspired... Uh, well, we're doing a class project, and then um, my friend, one of my best friends, we're still friends till this day. Right. Um, he created a team of superheroes, or super characters, super anthropomorphic characters. Okay. And he created. He created his team. Uh huh. And I was so moved by this. I was like, No, I I can also make something really cool. Right. So I created my first character called Bio Bunny. Okay. It was a. A half robot, half bunny uh, <laughs> character. Bio bunny. Bio Makes bunny. sense. Yeah, it was a bionic bunny. I yeah. mean, I was also watching Bionic Six at the time. You know, and right, I was inspired right. by Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, all those things. So Bionics was big to me at the time. And yeah, a robot bunny just seemed like the natural conclusion. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what was it about this bunny? Well, he wasn't Sonic, okay. so I couldn't do a hedgehog because that would be copying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. He wasn't anything else. He, 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 I don't even know his age. He, he was working in a factory. He fell in a vat of some chemicals and came out a half robot. Inspired by the, the mathematics. Joker? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I uh, was reading some comics. <laughs> I cannot deny. It was deny. a mixed mash of <laughs> different characters. <laughs> right. just see, look, after a while, you think all, pa all characters get their powers by lightning strike, yep. by evil scientists, yep. or by falling into something. True. So True. mine fell into some okay. metal and came out a robot. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense, yeah. but uh -huh. it was cool. Mm. Uh, and then the following year, I then decided, okay, uh, and I want to make an entirely original character, mm. totally from scratch, and I created my longest standing character, Captain Wolf, who mm. is called Ganyamuto now, okay. but uh, he was now a superhero teenage dog mm. living in a world which was run by animals 
but um, a lot of tech and robots and stuff like that. So right. it was very heavily inspired by Sonic and Samurai Pizza Cats, mm -hmm. but um, it was my little world. Mm. And I was watching um, the dog detective at the time or some yeah. other show on TV. So I was inspired by dogs. Yeah. I just really liked dogs, 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 dogs. So I was doing a lot of stuff to do with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And tell me more about these characters in terms of their storyline or their background. What was it? It was the world I wanted to see. It was explosions and heroes and, and yeah, damsels and um, evil villains to be overthrown and liberty and, and excess and um, kindness and goodness. Yes, I was a kid watching cartoons. So, yeah. yes, I saw the typical, uh, what, like, DuckTales and everything who tells you, be a good person, give to your friends. All, that's, yeah. all those lessons, I got them, and I, they were written within my stuff. Mm -hmm. mixed with with guns and robots so it was a world i hoped i would see when i finally grew up because right. growing up looked like it was very far away yeah i was only 12 yeah so so the year 2020 looked mm -hmm. looked uh like we were definitely <laughs> going to like all be like we wouldn't even be walking. We'd probably levitate yeah. to where we're right, going. Right. At the very least, Star Trek would have come real. Yeah. <laughs> and we would be teleporting. At the very least. Yeah. 2020, you have disappointed me. But anyway, um, <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> okay, so you mentioned now that um, one of your first characters is now, is still in existence. How did he evolve during the years? Like, who is he now? Well, um, when it started off, he was just a culmination of ideas. Mm -hmm. I needed a character that fit into a world. Mm -hmm. I believed in accidental creation at the time. So nice. if I drew something, it kind of worked. I would stick with it and I'd say that was just what was meant to come out of me at that time. So he would go on adventures and do heroics, but he was, he was self-aware. Now, I didn't know what self-aware was right. at the time, yeah. but he knew he was in a comic. Okay, okay. So I began to have that kind of type of humor. So he would typically rescue Mega City. That was what it was called. And he would fight Blakester. That was his villain. Mm -hmm. And um, just rinse and repeat over and over and nonstop heroics. Did he have like a goal or mission or agenda? No, not really. I, I didn't know what those things were at yeah. the time. But he was just my expression of maybe how I wanted to one day be a hero too. Mm -hmm. That seemed like the coolest thing to do, to, to grow up to be a hero. Yeah. And uh, I was watching Robotech uh -huh. at the same time, yeah. so I really wanted uh, the future to have giant robots and I could pilot one mm -hmm. and yeah. also be known as a legendary warrior mm -hmm. who, who saved the world once or twice, yeah. you know, in his spare time. <laughs> so, spare time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my characters were just me living my life vicariously through my drawings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they were. So mm -hmm. they were really me most yeah. of the time. And then now, who is he? Now he's a version of me. He's mm -hmm. a piece of my experiences. He's a younger, more rambunctious, more unchained, irresponsible me. Okay, okay some people might say I'm still a bit of that, <laughs> but you're not on the show, so shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, they... He, he would be that. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for all my characters in the various comics I do. They are usually pieces of me now. 
my latest character is maybe more of a reflection of how I am right now living day to day. Mm -hmm. But I feel we all live such great life experiences. It's good to share a piece of that experience with people because someone out there is living that presently. Yeah. And they need that story now. Right. And since he's still a teenage character, mm -hmm. Kanyamuto, I think teenagers out there can still relate to them, mm. even though they've got TikTok and Snapchat now. Okay. So, yeah. Right. So, what happened to the name change? Because it went through a couple of names. Can you run me through the, the names? Well, he started off as Captain Wolf. Mm -hmm. And then I went to high school, and uh, I continued the story there. Of course, you leave grade seven, where you're at the top of the totem pole. Yeah. Then you go to form one, and you're in the mud pit. Yeah. Again. And very quickly, you're told uh, or taught <laughs> that uh, you don't matter the way you right. thought you mattered. And mommy and daddy are far away. Yes. <laughs> I went to boarding school, boarding by school, the way. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was continuing my story. I, I knew I loved it now. I knew mm -hmm. what I, I wanted to do it. And I introduced it to some friends of mine. And they thought, oh, that looks pretty cool. So my second issue of it, um, I thought... I still called it Captain Wolf and continued. Third issue, I thought, eh, you know what? I'd realized there was such a thing as global domination. Right. In the real world, not just in comics. Mm -hmm. So I thought, if I'm going to get world famous, I can't be world famous for a dog called Wolf. Okay. That's just yeah. a little <laughs> too, you know, just a tad juvenile. I'm not going to be on the red carpet. You know, my character, yeah. Wolf, Wolf, is like, no, yeah. it's not going to work. So I changed his name to CW okay. because I love the name Captain oh, Wolf. Clemens Wonder? Clemens, uh, yeah, that, exactly yeah. right. That's, uh, that's Fantastic. I, I, I was see your more vision. me having prophecy at the time, right, actually. I see you, man. I see you. <laughs> so I, I wanted the name Captain Wolf. I loved it so much. I figured if people ask me, I'll tell them the full name, but they'll know him as CW. Right. And then later... Um, after I finished school and left and came back, I continued the story and I thought CW doesn't make enough sense and it really isn't unique enough. Mm -hmm. So I looked for inspiration. It finally hit me. I just happened to have a book mm -hmm. with dog names and stuff. And I, I found a breed of dog called a gun dog. Right. And my character is a dog with guns uh -huh. on his shoulders. That's his whole thing. So... The canon of my story is that that is now his breed. Right. He is, he a, is gun dog. a gun dog. So, but for a while, he was called gun dog. Right. I released the comic, did it, sent it nationwide. We did some direct sales to parents and yeah. people, but the parents would, uh, and this was market research, guys. Market research teaches you a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. Parents would come back and say like, yeah, but I can't give my kid this. And I'd be like, why? Well, how dare you? Well, in my mind, I'd be like, how dare you have yeah. such an affront towards me? How, what do you mean you can't take it? And they would say, your character's called Gun Dog. I don't want to give my kids something yeah. to do with guns. guns. Right. And, I, and I realized, oh, this matters. Okay. So I left it like that for a while. And eventually, um, I realized I wanted my characters to not just be cool, Mm -hmm. but carry my identity, not like me individually, but my yeah. identity as an African, right. my identity as a Zimbabwean. Yeah. So if I can watch Naruto, the Japanese anime, yeah. and know that there's characters such as Sasuke, mm -hmm. and uh, watch Bleach and know there's Ichigo, yeah. and watch Dragon Ball and know there's Goku, yeah. and I can learn all these Japanese exactly. names, exactly. surely yeah. I can name it something Zimbabwean, and the rest of the world will do me the same courtesy 
and learn Zimbabwean names. Right. The same way I learned to say Superman, because that's not yeah. our language. Right. I learned to say it. Yeah. So that's when he became Ganyamuto, mm -hmm. which is Shona and translates to ferocious dog. Okay. And his breed is Gundog. Mm -hmm. And his, mass, his uh, mentor's name is C.W. Oh, his mentor? Yes. Okay. I, I kept all my names, <laughs> except that now the C.W. stands for Crimson Wolf. Ah, but yeah, smart. So all the names still in there. Yeah, still in there. Yeah. No, I'll, I definitely like the growth. And um, so, in terms of his narrative, is it changing according to just like how you said he, he changed his name as well, just to fit um, who you are and being African, being Zimbabwean? Has anything changed within the narrative of the story? Yes, um, the the narrative totally changed. Mm -hmm. It ended up having a purpose. Yeah. I realized that this is a vehicle to communicate something to young people. The same basic overall tenets and ideas um, I wanted to now be intentionally communicated. It wasn't just for fun for me mm -hmm. anymore. It wasn't just me being jokey and entertaining my friends. It was me saying, I'm going to entertain you, but at the same time, I'm going to try and have an influence upon the generations that follow after me and at least leave them with something good. So as, as, as crazy as he is and as naughty as he is and as much as he's learning to grow up in the story, mm -hmm. He's also a vehicle for young people to actually see and maybe get some lessons without having to experience them themselves. Yeah. He's the most, he's a 15-year-old canine with the most powerful uni weapons in three universes, three dimensions rather. Yeah. And that's a lot of responsibility for a small child. Mm -hmm. So I want that experience for, for kids. Then, in terms of identity, he used to be in Bio City. Um, and that completely changed. The whole world changed. Instead of just being Earth, it became Nipasi. Um, the whole world is now an, an, is now a future version of our world. Mm -hmm. It's actually Earth, but we died out. Right. And the last remnants of civilization were in Zimbabwe. Okay. The, that was the only thing untouched by catastrophe. So the animals that evolved or whatever and came mm -hmm. to rule the world from that point in time built their civilization based on the last remnants right which were our culture our world mm. so the whole world is shaped after what we live today so when you read the book you'll find little references to what we know today mm -hmm. as zimbabweans or as africans yeah but it's been presented as though we're the ancients mm. we're the ancient culture I see. so the place is nipasi which literally translates to which is short for nikapasi yeah which is land below right which is earth in yeah. my world there yeah so yeah. That's fantastic, man. So is it out? It, versions of it are out. Versions. <laughs> out, <laughs> versions. Yeah. Uh -huh. I have fixed it up and changed it so many times that um, I'm always restarting it. Mm -hmm. So the current version that I'm discussing now is going to be released as a sort of bi-weekly webcomic. Web yeah. So instead of trying to release it as one large, consistent 22-page book, mm -hmm. I'm now releasing it as in um, a set of panels at a time. And just people tune in, read yeah. it every couple of weeks and go on about their day. Okay. Mostly because I have too many projects <laughs> I work on. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you also have another lead character. Tell me more about yes, him. Yes, uh, my other character, Gambanyika. He was born of my recent life, I guess. And uh, yeah, he's a whole other kettle of fish. He is, and I hate using this analogy, yeah. but it's the one that helps people understand it okay. quickest. Yeah. Uh, he is our... Uh, Captain America 
or right. our Superman. Right. I don't like saying that because yeah. Yeah. we aren't to be compared. Yeah. We are not the same. True. But if people want to think of a national hero or a or a global hero, yes. those are the ones you think of. And yeah. Gambanyika sits right there next to them right. as um, our world hero. So Gambanyika literally translates to national hero, uh -huh. but Nika also means world. Right. So he translates to world hero. world hero. So depending on your perspective, he is better than Superman. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So does he have any superpowers? What's, uh, what's his thing? Mm. Is he rich like Bruce Wayne? I ain't, he ain't, he ain't got no money. He's from <laughs> Africa. <laughs> so who said Africa doesn't have money? Uh, he's, Come he's, on. he's dealing Come with on. an it economic crisis. You know, he's, <laughs> it's, it's tough out here. <laughs> right. No, our fair. heroes have different problems from right. Western heroes. Mm -hmm. Hence why Western heroes only go so far with us. They resonate because we all believe in heroes yes. world over. Yes. Spider-Man in Brazil is Spider-Man in Tanzania. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. But the adventures don't quite resonate because we don't yes. know New York. So um, his abilities, uh, I'll start from the top. Right. He has, um, he is as powerful as the earth rotates. So his, uh, his little nickname is son of the soil. Mm -hmm. So he's got this uh, physiokinesis, shall we say, yeah. which is he absorbs the energy of the rotation of the earth itself, tectonic energy. Mm. So he is as strong as whatever planet he's on. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a shield around his body, which makes him kind of invulnerable. He, he channels this energy, which makes him super strong and makes him super fast. But um, that is the extent of his ability. He can uh, later. He's got some extensions of that, which if you read, you'll find. Right. But I like heroes with limitations. Mm, yes. He can't fly. He can jump real high yeah. and real far, yeah. but he can't fly. He can't breathe underwater. <laughs> he he can't breathe in space or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. He's not literally invulnerable. His skin can be cut. It's just that he's got like a shield around his mm, body. Okay. He's um. He's not as fast as the Flash or something like that. He's right. not breaking the sound barrier. Yeah. So he can be defeated. But okay. that's what makes him interesting. He yeah. actually has to fight. Mm. It's not all about the strength that he has. It's mm. more about how he's going to overcome each challenge. Mm. But in my world, he's currently one of the most powerful known superheroes. Mm. So if you put him and somehow you give him like a breathing apparatus and put him on Jupiter, which is several times bigger than Earth, yeah. he gets stronger. Right. You put him on an right. even larger planet, he gets stronger. He's right. actually just as big as whatever landmass yeah. you put him on. Okay. So it, it makes him very difficult to beat wow. because if you punch him, he probably won't move because you have to punch him as hard as it takes to rotate mm. the planet to move him. That's, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. So How did you come up with that concept? I... I open books and read a lot of science <laughs> stuff. I just say, oh, physio what? Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. And I just extended it. Wow. So. Okay. No, that's very, yeah. very interesting. So besides you creating your own comics and your own characters, you are most probably known for building up and setting up Zimbabwean comic convention and setting up other digital artists for success. How did yeah. that come about? Well, that's a, yeah, that's a fun story as well. Um, yeah, so me and my good friend Eugene, we run Comics Post, right. which is the Zimbabwe um, 
Digital Arts and New Media Convention. Right. It originally started as the Zimbabwe Comic Book and Digital yeah. Arts Convention. Mm -hmm. It was birthed of frustration. Mm -hmm. I knew Comic Con. I'd never been to one. Yeah. And I really wanted one to happen. So I spoke to a good friend of mine, Morris, that same best friend who I was competing ah, with in junior school. Right. And I said to him, hey, you know, it would be so cool if there was like a, a Comic Con. Wouldn't it be so great if we invited someone? And he, being the blunt, realistic friend that he is, slapped yeah. me with some reality. <laughs> and he said that, um, dude, why would somebody come here? Which star is going to come here for what? To see who? Who are the other creators mm. here? Which industry are they speaking to? Right. And it was like a, a real like cold shower. Yeah. So I went back and thought about it. And um, the frustration didn't go. And I eventually spoke to Eugene about it yeah. and said, hey, instead of trying to invite superstars here, let's just start something here and build an industry. Instead of trying yeah. to, excuse me, um, pull people together, we're gonna have to make the industry first, then invite fantastic guests. Mm -hmm. And that idea became the convention itself. So we started the community and yeah. two years later, we held our first event and we've been mm -hmm. holding events since then and it's been growing with the whole idea to create some collaboration, yeah. create cohesion, mm -hmm create competency yeah. and actually get creatives who are working in silos mm. to realize they're not alone, mm. start working together and create higher quality products so yeah. that this is their platform where they speak to the world. Mm. So yeah, that was the, that's the agenda. That's what we'll be doing. That's good. So what has that done for, for, the, for the digital artists and new media in Zimbabwe? Well, it's given them a home. Mm -hmm. They now have a place. They now have something to look forward to, at least on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. And we've held um, over 20 events. Right. We've had five annual events, mm -hmm. but we had many, many, many smaller events, including Comic Book Day, right. which was just an avenue to create a selling place, just a marketplace for these mm -hmm. guys to sell what they do. So they've learned that they can sell their creativity. Mm -hmm. It's not just something they can sit and do in their bedrooms at home. Yeah. They've learned that there's an audience. They've gained fans. Mm -hmm. They've, in essence, learned some self-worth. And the most important thing, they've learned that they don't have to create Spider-Man. Mm. They can create something that That's relates good. to them here. Yeah. And someone is still going to buy it. Someone's going to be interested. We've got people like Bill Masuku who created Razor Man mm -hmm. and a number of other characters, including Captain South Africa. Mm -hmm. And he's now gone to so many conventions, he's even been a guest speaker in South Africa at conventions there mm. because of his work. And he started, he started in SA, came into Zim, did his thing back and forth. We've got other people like James Mguazi, um, who also creates the DG Art Universe. Yeah. We've got um, the, the guys from Afro Tokyo who mm -hmm. make um, manga-inspired African comics. And they've also gone up and down to conventions and done so much mm -hmm. and gained a fan base. So mm -hmm. I'd say the, the event has shown fans they're not alone and yeah. it showed creatives you're not alone either. Yeah. And um, we can all do this mm. together. Fantastic. And then outside of that, you also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Comexposed extended to have a show. Mm -hmm. One of the things we've done at Comexposed is um, let frustration be our guide in so many things. Right. We don't aim or we didn't aim to own and do everything. Yeah. So whenever we'd see someone not doing it, we would do it so yeah. that they would start doing it. Yeah. So people didn't know you could host a show about this medium. So we said, okay, let's host a show about this medium. Yeah. People didn't um, 
see any local comic books. So we created Comic Up. We said, all right, fine, let's mm -hmm. create some local comic books. Yeah. People didn't know you could do cosplay. So like, okay, fine, let's do some cosplay. All right. We, whatever they weren't doing, we yeah. would say we'll do. Like right now, we're working on a video game because mm. no one was making MOBA video games from Zimbabwe. So like, right. oh, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. And, um, and that's how it goes. So, so the show is an extension of that. It's just creating another place where people can get the latest news and information about digital arts. Because right. now we're about everything. Yeah. Film, TV, comics, gaming, all of those obscure digital and new media yeah. arts, that um, innovative arts. Right. Uh, VR, AR, all of that. Mm. That's what we talk about. They say, everybody do your thing. Yeah. You can do it and you can do it here. Have you seen anything that has sprout from you doing your YouTube shows? Well, there have been a few other shows that have come and gone and stayed that do talk about this sort of stuff. Right. Um, not to the extent that we're doing it mm -hmm. yet, but there, there are people who mm -hmm. are there. I think the greatest result we've had is seeing the plethora of locally produced comic books and stories nice. that guys are doing and without a prompting they, yeah. they're making their own content regularly themselves yeah and finding ways to sell it and produce it themselves which is mm. really exciting and really 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 great mm -hmm. there's still so much more work to be done yeah so much more we have to do to make it grow mm -hmm. uh, and still a long way to go mm. i do think 2020 is going to be very surprising for a lot of people right um we've now the organization itself has changed its drive has slightly changed and its scope increased again. Even us as, as the founders of the organization have stepped back mm. from trying to lead people or rather pull people up to say, it's okay, you can follow us. So we're also going back into our creator roles and making more of the content we want to see so that people again realize it's okay to make this content and mm. follow suit. Uh, and it's not just us. We're not the only ones. Throughout Africa, there are so many people doing the same things, right from Nigeria all the way through to South Africa. Mm. Some really good friends of ours over there at Comic Republic yeah. and uh, right down to uh, Loiso and crew with Crazy in South Africa, yeah. all doing amazing work. Some of them expecting, I mean, I, I can't speak for them, yeah. but they've got some really exciting stuff that the world is going to see mm. within the next few years. And um, that's not birthed off us specifically, yeah. more birth of the movement that has hit the whole of Africa in terms mm. of digital arts. So uh, we're glad to be doing our small part of it yeah. and making it happen. <laughs> All right, cool. So what would you say now are your creative aspirations? If you have watched Pinky and the Brain... No. You haven't? No. Okay, there's the Pinky and the Brain, fantastic Warner Brothers cartoon from way back. Part of a show called Animaniacs. It's so sad that it went. Okay, yeah. And Freakazoid. Shout out to my sisters. You know Freakazoid. <laughs> um, but there's a show called Pinky and the Brain about these two mice. And one of them um, was, was experimented on and became the smartest person on the planet. Mm. And the other mouse became the dumbest person okay. on the planet. And uh, one of the things you do in every episode, you'd be like, uh, so Pinky would like be like, okay, Brain, what are we going to do today? And then Brain would be like, same thing we do every day. Same thing we do every day, Pinky. Try to take all the world! <laughs> and I feel like I'm on that cycle as well. Right. Um, I do aim to take over the world yeah. with my stories mm -hmm. or... And, and I, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, I mean more like I want to put my stories and my things mm -hmm. 
in the global conversation alongside everybody else's right and continue to give room to others to do the same thing mm. I, I want to see africa on the map it is there you can find it you can point to it yeah but it's not on the conscious map it's not mm. on people's minds mm. it's not the foremost place for finding innovative amazing stories yet here we are and we have them yeah so our goal my goal the goal is to see that happen within our lifetimes mm. and since we do this whole five to ten year plan <laughs> say three years it'll be nice you know <laughs> And what did you say are your uh, guiding principles for your creations? Guiding principles. I'm a Christian, so everything I do literally has that infused within it. Right. Uh, whether I try to or not, those yeah. are the things that guide my life, and so they inform my characters. Right. Um, it's why you don't see vulgarity in my stories yeah. or, or any grotesque violence or anything like that. Right. Violence, yes, because yeah. well, the Bible had violence too, so whatever cap they yeah. had is the cap that I've got. <laughs> um, but besides that, the guiding principles would be, would be passion. Mm -hmm. Your passion must resonate. Follow your passion. Do yeah. what your passion sings to you. Right. And I try to do that within my own art and with everything that I do. So mm -hmm. if, I, if I love it, I want to do it and I want yeah. to do more of it. Yeah. Which is why I've, I'm bringing Kanyamuto back because I love him so much. Yeah. I love the stories I tell through him. Yeah. Um, honesty mm -hmm. is another thing. I don't try to sugarcoat things. Gambanyika right. will deal with um, fuel cues the same yeah. way we deal with fuel yeah. cues. Yeah. He'll deal with uh, political crisis. Right. With, by being an agent of the government, mm. he is forced to, to have some kind of opinion on what's happening nationally, but he's mm. not a member of a party. Okay. So what does that mean when you're the most powerful person on the planet yeah. uh, and you don't like the politics that are happening around right. you? What's that dialogue? What's, right. what's that about? Right. Uh, what do you do when the people around you start complaining about, hey, there's a burst pipe over there, and mm. you're like, I don't fix pipes, <laughs> I fix missile attacks, which do you yeah. want me to do? <laughs> Those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, what, what does he do about um, a, a virus outbreak, mm. like what's going on right now? What's his responsibility? Yeah. What's his responsibility in the way of faiths or multiple faiths mm. within the mm. nation? And, yeah. and what does he say about identity politics or about the cancel culture and all of those sorts of things you've got to be truthful and authentic and honest in your creation don't try to talk so much about things that have no relevance mm -hmm. talk about what people are discussing right now and yeah that's something i try to do within all my stories right and within everything that we create yeah yeah you know thanks a lot thank Wish you had more time but uh yeah we have to call this one a wrap we'll catch you next time on your new ventures and uh, get a catch up of what uh, you're doing with all the platforms that you're handling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this was fantastic. I like the show. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, it's a creative huddle, man. It's like we're huddling too short though. We got it. This is good. Yeah, that was growing. Yeah. We'll, we'll be huddling a lot more yeah. and a lot longer. Uh, so that's good. cool, man. Good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Tino. No worries. Catch yeah. you later. Thank you for listening to the Creative Huddle Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe.